This is Plant-Based Briefing, Eating Less Meat to Feed the World, by Gemma Davis at TheCompassionateRoad.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is Plant-Based Briefing, the 10-minute curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate articles with author permission on a variety of topics related to healthy, compassionate, and sustainable living, in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. Today's post is by Gemma Davis of TheCompassionateRoad.com. She's a naturopath, a yoga teacher, and co-author of The Compassionate Kitchen Cookbook, and she's an ambassador for the animal protection group Voiceless. She's incredibly passionate about helping others live healthy, conscious lives, and her website is full of fantastic information and great recipes. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Eating Less Meat to Feed the World by Gemma Davis at TheCompassionateRoad.com Our food on our plate. How easy is it to look at it and forget how it got to us, right? We are spoiled in that way, I guess, because everything is a little easier, but it also does us a disservice because we don't see or really grasp the impact of the production of our products or food. How did that cow get fed? How much did she or he need to eat? How did that food get to them? What land was used to grow the food? How was that food grown? How much water was used to sustain her or him while she was alive? What waste was created in the process? Who was on that land before? Oh, too many questions to ask when you are hungry, I know, but not too many to ponder when not. These unseen parts of the puzzle all have an effect on our planet and our future, a big one. How and what do we feed the 70 billion animals we, quote, grow each year to then eat? I know there is still the belief out there that the majority of the domesticated livestock eat grass, like they would naturally if they had the space and time to roam open green fields. In Australia, cows still retain this most of their short lives until being sent to feedlots to fatten them up, but the majority of cattle are no longer raised like this. They are on factory farms. As for the pigs and any poultry, they are well and truly in sheds across the globe, apart from the very minority of organic pasture-raised farms. These animals in factory farms then have to be fed because they do not have the opportunity to graze or scavenge their own food. They have to eat what they are given, and they are given what makes them grow the quickest and cost the least, because in 90% of situations now, raising animals for food has turned the animals into commodities, and it is a profit-driven market. They are therefore fed mostly corn and soy and other concentrated feedstuff like rapeseed, wheat, fish meal, or other grains, as they cause animals to quickly reach market weight and are much cheaper than other food options, often due to government subsidies such as in the U.S. Globally, 90% of soy and 80% of corn is fed to livestock, and this corn and soy take space to grow, a lot of space. If we were to use that space to grow grains or vegetables to feed people, it would be way more efficient. A new report published in the Journal of Science shows that without meat and dairy consumption, global farmland use could be reduced by more than 75%, an area equivalent to the U.S., China, European Union, and Australia combined, and still feed the world. Yep, crazy, right? The new analysis shows that while meat and dairy provide just 18% of calories and 37% of protein, it uses the vast majority, 83% of farmland. The growing concern is that to grow this animal feed, companies are now also grabbing land in poorer countries, such as in South and Central America. 
For years now, rainforests have been cut down for the number one reason of cultivating soy. Not for tofu burgers, but to bulk up the animals that are crammed into unnatural conditions on factory farms elsewhere. Not only is it a disaster for greenhouse gas emissions, but these monocultures, that are normally GMO, use huge amounts of pesticides and are also number one killers of biodiversity. Crop spraying has polluted important water sources in many rural regions, poisoning what wildlife is left there, threatening plant life, and resulting in a number of health problems in people, including diarrhea, vomiting, genetic malformations, headaches, loss of sight, and even death. Soy monocultures. Rainforests are cleared to make way for soy monocultures across Latin America. By going into these poorer countries and claiming the land to grow animal feed, it also means displacement for the local people, smaller family farms, and as it is about profit, the grains don't go to the local people, even in places where they are starving. They are exported to Western countries with the ever-expanding waistlines and a growing desire for flesh. In simple terms, meat production is highly inefficient, particularly when it comes to red meat. To produce one kilogram of beef requires 25 kilograms of grain to feed the animal and roughly 15,000 liters of water. Pork is a little less intensive and chicken less still, which is what environment champion Leonardo DiCaprio explores in his movie Before the Flood. There are whole books and reports done on agriculture, and now thankfully also the ramifications. If it is too much to ask these questions of the cost of our food, I think facts like the low might be easier to remember and hold on to when wanting to make some conscious changes that align with our values of being kind to the planet. Throughout the world, humans drink 5.2 billion gallons of water and eat 21 billion pounds of food each day. Worldwide, cows drink 45 billion gallons of water and eat 135 billion pounds of food each day. I can't pass a day now without reading a news report about climate change and the importance of reducing our meat. This is not a problem going away. With every meal we eat, we choose whether or not to contribute to these environmental problems. The businesses we buy our food from listen to us eventually. They want to keep us buying from them. It follows that they will change only if we show them we are unhappy with, or even better, enraged by the current system, and make choices that support that. Eat less meat. And if that's too much, go like Leo and cut out the beef. Start somewhere. You just listened to Eating Less Meat to Feed the World by Gemma Davis at thecompassionateroad.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and I just wanted to point out the advice to stop eating cows is great for the environment, but only if you don't simply replace that with eating chickens or fishes. As Leah Garces from Mercy for Animals says, that's akin to swapping a Hummer for a Ford F-150, not a Prius. And this is Plant-Based Briefing. Thanks for listening.